this is why you became a financial advisor. Now, I'm very excited on many levels. First of all, as you can see on your screen, my friend Chris Jepson, co-author of the advisor book, head of practice management at First Trust, and asked him if he could drop everything to join us on this call. So, Chris, thank you. Really appreciate it. And uh, I know you and I have had many conversations over the course of the last few days. The velocity actually has been intense. It's been really interesting. The conversations that we're having with advisors, and, I, and I, that's what we hope to, to be able to share with you today. It's been enlightening to see how different advisors are really taking this as an opportunity to deepen and widen the relationships with their existing clients and then to also illustrate some professional contrast because of they're planned and ready for this. And so I'm really happy and thanks for inviting me to jump on and I hope it, I'll be able to share a little, a few things on what it is that I'm seeing that uh, the teams that I work with, how they're taking and, and the fact that you waited for a thousand point update helps too, Duncan. So thanks for that. Well, and yeah, that's part of the charm of this is that none of what we're going to pass along is built on a theoretical construct. This is right from the field. Now, as you can see on this opening slide, remember your purpose. Stick to the plan and trust the process. And to your point, Chris, like in 08, this has been unbelievably revealing. It's revealed in my view, and I don't mean to make light of it, but three types of advisors. There's the advisors who are making things happen. They're being proactive, they're stirring the pot. There are, things, there are advisors who are watching things happen and just play out. And then there are the group who are a little shell-shocked and they're wondering what on earth is going on, what's happening. Now, I personally believe that it's moments of adversity where you find yourself and you find your path to self-actualization and fulfillment and purpose. And ultimately, the goal here is to ensure that this episode, this storm that we're in that will pass, will serve you and not hurt you. I used the metaphor of the first responder I mean, in my hometown today, there's probably a group of firefighters that are in the fire hall, and they might have been there somewhat inactive for the last month, and then they have their moment of truth. And everybody runs out of a burning building, they run in. And this is our moment of truth. It's a moment of truth for the industry. It's a moment of truth for advisors. Chris, it's a moment of truth for us, right? Oh, no doubt. And, and, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people, the last 10 years at conferences that we speak at, it's not, it wasn't uncommon for people to come up like, you know, when this market turns down, then we'll really be able to stand out. And the question was always, really, what's your game plan then for doing that? Well, here it is. So we're either, we're going to watch things happen or make them happen. Let's make it happen. Make it happen. Absolutely. Okay. So let's move to the next slide. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about your mindset.
uh, Epictetus, not an easy name to say. Circumstances don't make the man, they reveal him. Pardon the gender specificity. He also said, it's not what happens to you, it's what you do about it. So I know undoubtedly, I mean, Chris, every advisor you've talked to, to varying degrees has been proactive, reaching out, not waiting for the phone to ring, but, but touching base with people. I just want to ask around your mindset, are you dwelling on what could have been or are you focused on what could be? And I'm not just talking in terms of optimism. The glass is half full. I, I want you to find the silver lining and the opportunity that exists. First of all, in terms of relevance, so that clients think in terms of what you're worth, not what you cost. Because right out of the gate, Chris, I mean, over the last 10 years, how many clients migrated to a DIY or a robo platform? Who are they talking to right now? Who, who do they have to call short of somebody reading a script uh, offshore in a call center. Well, I think what happens is is, is you can get, take things as they are right now. Advisors speaking to clients now, right? What is it that they want to know is not what you wish could have happened or what you could have done, but a game plan and a process for where we are going forward, right? And they're going to sense whether this is something you're prepared for or something you're reacting to. And there's language you can use that's going to communicate that I'm reacting to what's happening to this market. And I'm formulating the game plan now to help you and your family's financial future still stay in focus and, and be as predictable as we once planned that it could be. And boy, you start, you start using non-words like um and ah uh, or hope or think, uh, we're trying. These are the things that are just completely revealing for someone who has lost focus on what could be and, and is dwelling on how we got here. And, and as far as the fee goes, right, the fee-worthy advisor, look, the market was down, what, 13% yesterday? And you charge one? That was, what, one-tenth of one day's move over the course of a year? You've got a full-service advisor to provide you advice? Look, the fee is irrelevant right now. Now it's about uh, bringing real value, and they're searching for it. They're looking for, for a game plan, and your mindset has to be communicated as one that, look, what's happens happened. Black swans are called black swans because we don't know when they're going to happen. We didn't know the financial crisis. We didn't know that there the coronavirus. But what we do know is our process is put in place to remove the emotional aspect of markets like these. That's our, what we're communicating. Right. So here we are. We're just starting to talk about the signal to noise ratio and tuning out the noise and focusing on the signal. And you're right. I mean, in our conversations over the course of the last week or 10 days, we, we both talked to clients who are really internalizing a lot. Right. So some have spared their soul to me and said, man, I was so reactive and I, I wish I could have a redo on some of the calls I made initially because I don't know if it landed the way I wanted. And what I've said to them is, look, you made the call. You ran into the building, okay? You did no harm. 
but it's not a one-off transaction. This is a fluid and dynamic process, so let's start to think about how to go further. I was talking to another advisor. Hey, can uh, I interrupt? Hey, Duncan, let me just interrupt right there because I love the first responder analogy. You ran into the building. You did no harm. I fear some might have unknowingly, unwittingly, utilize certain language or, or lack of communication skills that might have said, you ran into that building without oxygen, right? You ran into that building ill-prepared for what it is you were going to face. You, you, you knew you had to make the phone call, but then when they picked up, it was about, oh, uh, let me put this out, uh, help that person over there. There's no game plan. And so that's what we want to do on this call is uh, whether you've done that or not, we can go back. There is a redo here, and it, and it can build on what's already happened. Fair, fair point. Good distinction. And, uh, yeah, that, that is the point, is that you get an opportunity to go back and refine and optimize. Listen, you're a good messenger. You care. Let's, let, let's definitely talk about the messaging in just a moment, and, and that's what sure. we'll polish up. Yeah. I, I was sharing with you the other day an advisor speaking about internalizing some things, he got a massive referral from a great advocate. Uh, it was a $4 million client that he onboarded in January. And then, of course, everything happened. And we spent so much time just helping him understand the difference between what he can control, unintended consequences, and then, of course, perspective and proportion. So everybody's enlightened enough to know all of this. I just want to share um, a little bit of the opportunity. We want you to galvanize your existing relationships, competitor-proof those relationships, number one. Number two, position yourself for unrivaled empowerment to capture opportunity as a client's life unfolds. This is a defining moment right now that's etched. It's going to be etched in all of our minds. We're all going to recall where we were and what we did during this period. But I also want to mention, and this again is not just happy high notes, you are at your highest level of referability right now. Advocacy, this is where, and you saw it in 08, Chris, when you and I really started coming together, uh, we saw the advisors emerge who were saying, I had no idea. I started growing down my business. My referability has gone through the roof. Let's not lose sight of the opportunity that does exist here. No doubt. Okay. Let's move to the next slide. Just very briefly before we get into the nuts and bolts here. In the spirit of beginning with the end in mind, I want all of you to know that uh, all of the resources that we're going to talk about are captured in the knowledge bank. So at the end of our conversation today, we'll talk to you about how you can access uh, actionable resources, even just to refine and validate how you're feeling and thinking, your outlook and anticipation for the future, but tools and scripts uh, and all kinds of other resources. and this is going to be very much open source. There's going to be peer sharing of best practices here 
So we'll talk about that at the end, but I, I really want you to take a community feel here and sort of a, a, a coopetition approach because we are all in this together, okay? So look for that at the end of the conversation, how to access the Knowledge Bank. In the meantime, if you're not already connected with Chris and I, we're both very uh, active on LinkedIn. So look for Chris Jepson, Duncan McPherson, uh, just, just join our community. We're sharing everything there as well. Okay, and of course the Knowledge Bank will be updated continually. I'll keep doing videos. Chris and I will talk every day and we'll share these best practices and the mindset of the enlightened who can see past this uh, storm and into uh, what's waiting for us on the other side. But let's, let's get into this. Okay, let's move to the next slide. So, and uh, Chris, feel free to chime in because I don't know how many, between you, me, our coaches, how many hundreds of advisors we've spoken to in the last uh, couple of weeks as this started to settle in. Some, some have been pretty upbeat and some have been concerned. Like, I mean, you could feel it, obviously. As the conversation sort of settles into uh, a give and take, uh, we've used this sort of tactic just to get someone's attention, just to disrupt their pattern. And I say that for many reasons because in talking to advisors, I've been asking them, like, what have you been saying to your clients to this point? And they've been so tempted to lead with, with data. And I, I stop them and I, I say to them, I will never trivialize your technical ability around wealth management, but this is a time for relationship management. So leave the data till the end. Save that, be led by the client in terms of what they need to know, because ultimately they don't need to know everything you know, they just need to know that you know. Because when they hang up the phone, Ultimately, we want the client to say, well, if she's not worried, I'm not worried. Not to oversimplify it. The art and science of this around relationship management is what we want to address now. So the segue where we pivot in the conversation is uh, we, we ask this question to the advisor. We say, okay, before we drill down, what's your gap? What's your gap? And that, that stops the conversation cold because it is disruptive. And the advisor says, what do you mean? What's my gap? We say, look, there's nothing wrong in what you do. There's nothing broken, but there are a few gaps. So let's, let's break these down, okay? So the gap is an acronym. And this is where we've found the gaps, okay? The first, just take a moment to think about yourself for a moment. Just a moment. You, you can't pour from an empty cup. Okay, the best way to take impeccable care of your clients is to take impeccable care of yourself. So we just want you to expand your thinking a little bit around gratitude. 
I, I know you came on this call because you want to learn about some things that you can apply and you have aspirations for what you want to accomplish. I just want you to think in terms of what you appreciate now because appreciation is a powerful fuel for, for aspiration. It's funny. I've talked to many clients, and Chris chime in, where I, one of the first things they said to me is how much money they personally have lost. Okay. I had an advisor, uh, I guess, I think it was actually on the weekend. And he, he was dark. And the number that he lost at that point, it was a big number. Never downplaying that. But I said to him, I said, you know, you haven't lost anything. You, you, it's like losing your keys. Okay, you'll find them. They'll come back. And I just said, basically what you're telling you in terms of what you've lost, and I'm, I'm going by recall here, but what you've lost is you're basically today where you were in March of 2018. Are you okay with that? And then I said, let's go back to March of 2010. Where were you in March of 2010? Relative, today versus then. It was still miles ahead. And I just said, listen, I don't mean to sound like I'm lecturing you, but last time I looked, you, I, I said, you sound like you're in survival mode and you're a little panicky. 50% of people on planet Earth live off of less than $6 a day. I mean, survival is every day. Their concept for or aspiration and anticipation, I don't know if they even have the luxury to go there. You so can be I'm, grateful. You can be, you can be grateful, Duncan, without discounting right, what it is that, that a client has lost. But intent counts more than technique here. This, what happens when you have a grateful heart? What happens is there is a calmness that comes about you, right? And a focus on what's important on, on, and why you're there. This, this attitude of gratitude is really a, it's a mindset, like we said at the beginning, but it's also a, uh, it permeates in your voice. And most of your conversations are going to be speaking with clients is going to be over the phone. I'm going, it's going to resonate with me on whether you're focused on uh, performance or you're focused on the process. Because if it's the process and we have anticipated, we didn't anticipate the coronavirus, but we anticipated a pullback, we anticipate corrections, and we put processes in place so that when we're down X, we add X. It's once again just getting them recentered, but it can't happen if you're coming from a place where you're still upset with how much your account. Hey, look, we've all, all of our accounts have, have suffered if we were in any way invested. But what? Where's the focus? Once again, are, are we dwelling on on what's happened? Or are we looking at what that's that whole context before? Remember, we talked about the, you know doing. Uh, reviews with clients, right? I mean, are we going to talk about stuff that's already happened that I already know that's happened? Like are we going to spend time, maybe you need to vent on what's going on with the coronavirus and you got to be that listening ear, but don't forget that you're also the noise canceling headphones. You're the one that has to take what it is that they're giving you and bring them back to center. 
because I'm calling and I'm speaking to you because you're the pilot here. You're the one that, that as we hit this turbulence, you've got your hands on, on the controls. You're the one that is making the mid-course corrections. So I'm looking forward to you for that direction. And it can't come from a, a place where your mind isn't one of, I, I couldn't think of a better word than gratitude, right? Just, hey, we're all really blessed to have lost or to now, be down as much as we are. Well, and again, not downplaying any of this real impact, but I know we're both big fans of Jim Rohn and he said it so well, we have to appreciate what we have while we aspire to what we want. It's all good. That's just good karma, good energy. Um, so, yeah, exactly. Gratitude. I, I, but you're right. I, I want the energy to be that of thrive, not survive. And that is a mindset. And it's fueled from within because, um, and your clients know this. Your favorite clients know this. You know this. It's not how much we have that makes us valuable. It's who we become. And this will impact who we're becoming based on the actions we take. Okay, so let's, let's fair it up. Gratitude, just a gentle reminder. We're going to spend the rest of this conversation talking about the A, which are specific actions. And we're talking actions where it's not theoretical. We're not going to say, hey, good luck. Try this. Let us know how it goes. We know exactly how these actions are going to go. Um, so, so just hold that thought. Let's finish the gap because the P is purpose. And we don't want you to forget your sense of purpose, your resolve that's hardened, the shadow you cast, the impact you have on people's lives and the decisions they make. I had more than one advisor in the last couple of days say, ultimately, my number one job right now is to protect my clients from themselves. So profound, and I could hear it in their tone, the, the resolve of leadership. It was very, very powerful. But uh, any, anything you want to chime in there on Gap before we start? Really I would just add there that, that we don't confuse protecting our clients from themselves with, uh, because I'm, I know, you know, 20% ago, I protected you from yourself and I made you, you, you know, stay the course. Okay, now they're down 10% from there, so now we're 20%. Now what'd you do? Well, you told me to stay the course, so so we're now 10, 20, now down 30, so you're going to protect me again? Please, stop. I can't afford your protection anymore, right? So let's let's define what, what this protection is. Uh, we don't manage to short-term volatility. Every one of our plans are managed to long-term outcomes. That's why we developed the process that we lean on in these times, right? There it is. Stick to the plan. Trust the process. The old maxim that says good decisions come from strong positions. Some people react and they go outside of the guidance of the advisor and the plan and the process, and they and they react. They overreact. Anyway, you're you're right. Enough said. That but action, right? When we talk about that action, be very careful if your action is a time timing of the market type action, right? Uh, and I know those that are dialed in on this call, like that, that's not what you've built a, built a practice around is, is timing it, but it's sure a conversation they want to have. I've had in the last day and a half, four phone calls, non-financial advisor phone calls. My landscaper, he's just retiring, called me, kind of knew where we were in. 
my home builder, the guy who built my home, whatever, 12 years ago, calls me. I had, uh, uh, I probably shouldn't say you would know, a CEO of a, a publicly traded company, retired, uh, called me. And they're all asking the same question, right? What are you doing? If I, oh, the other one was, uh, I, I probably mentioned he's an author. Uh, uh, you and I both know him well. He called me and says, I've got X amount. Uh, where should I put it? Everyone wants direction. And they're just starving for someone to take the responsibility of laying out the plan. That's it. And how validating is that? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, those five people, you are not their financial advisor, correct? Right, which means they're not getting it. At least not that they're comfortable enough to act on it. They need validation from someone like me. What do I know? That is a small micro window into the mindset of millions of people. So it's topical. The conversations are happening. And all I want to ensure that occurs is that when your clients have a conversation with a friend or a family member, they know exactly what to say. Okay, so let's, let's drill down into some action. Now, invariably, and this, Chris, you've heard this too, the most common question advisors are hearing today is how are you doing? Even that, your response to that question, being the beacon, being the light, being the fountain, not the drain, in and of itself, if this is the only thing you take away, this will be a good investment of your time. Because I've seen the switch happen. Whenever you get that question, whether it's on the phone, uh, wherever, obviously a lot of it's going to be on the phone now, I want you to pause, like a dramatic pause. Be comfortable with the quiet. And then say this. This is why I became a financial advisor right here. I mean, I, I love what I do. I've enjoyed my career in this space, working with clients, working with strategic partners, with my team. It's been an absolute pleasure and joy of my life. But it's moments like these, this is why I became a financial advisor, to help people tune out the noise, to help people make informed decisions, to help people look to the future with anticipation instead of apprehension. This is why I became a financial advisor. I would write that down, Duncan, because it's those exact words. And I think I would just, if I could just emphasize the pause that happens on the front end of that. When someone asks you a question and you just don't immediately jump right back, by pausing, you're letting them know you're listening and you're thinking. And what I'm getting ready to say next is because I've contemplated your question. And so that pause and then... This is why I became a financial advisor. It just that sentence alone says what? I'm not panicking. I, I fully see what's going on. And with that, this is why I'm here. It's back to that analogy of the first responder, right? When the bell rings is why I became a fireman, not to clean the trucks. We've been cleaning trucks for, for 10 years. Yeah, they're clean. Room's clean, and, and I've shown the kids the, the 
the whole station many, many times. And that's great. I, I like that part of it. But it's when the bell rings. And the bell's ringing. And that's why we're here. Well, and not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but at the end of the webinar, we're also going to talk about the fact that in the Knowledge Bank, we're going to put in four deep dive resources, one of which is going to be yours, where you talk about the dialogue of down markets. Don't don't run with that now, because we're, we're you're going to right, do right. that later. I got that, you. That's where you're going to be able to go with this. Uh, there's also going to be a couple of others with Kevin Bishop and Jackie Wilkie and some of my resources, all from the field. So look forward to that. But here's what I'd like you to do. After you've sort of sent out that probe, right, the tip of the spear, this is why, after that part of the conversation starts to fade, and Chris, this was inspired by you because uh, beautiful in its simplicity, right out of the advisor playbook. And I've actually, since you and I have talked about this, had advisors do it, and they just said it's, it's poetry, okay? So here's what I'd like you to do. After you've had the exchange around your purpose, this is why I became a financial advisor, then say to the client, do you have a pen handy? Okay, you're on the phone. Do you have a pen handy? Client will say, yeah, I've got one handy, or I can get one. Hang on. Okay, got a piece of paper? Yeah. And then just say to them this. Just say to them. Just draw yourself a two-circle Venn diagram, okay? Two circles horizontally connected, interconnected. And just say, you, you probably have seen me do this before in the past, but the context was different. Now, let me stop for a second. Every time you say to a client, this is why I became a financial advisor, and you do this, they hear it once, you hear it a 100 times or more it will activate something in you. It's self-fulfilling. I'm telling you, it will, it's accretive. It, it is alchemy. You will fire up an energy within. Believe me, and this is what I'm hearing. Remember, this is where advocacy happens. Confucius said it best. Don't give a man a fish, teach a man to fish. Teach your clients what to say to a friend who's concerned. They're gonna do this. They're gonna back of the napkin this with their friend, with their brother, with their business partner, maybe even with their accountant or whomever, okay? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Turn your clients into teachers and advocates representing the value of your philosophy and process. So just tell them, just draw yourself two circles. Do yourself that Venn diagram. And then just say, in the left circle, write in the word matters. Remember, throughout all this noise, we never lose sight of what matters to our clients. Okay, all our clients are unique. And then just say, just write down. Remember the acronym form? Just write that down underneath what matters. Oh, and by the way, before you do that, just tell them to write into the other circle what you can control. Okay? And then tell them to write out form underneath what matters. And just say to your clients, remember, based on what Chris was saying about the long-term horizon and expectations about the future, money is a means to an end. The more you center your clients and remind them of why financial independence matters, 
I know you care. Show them you care about what they care about. Reset them. Reframe them around family, occupation, and recreational aspirations. The more you emphasize the why, the more value they'll place in how you get them there. Okay? Then go over to control and just remind them, look, the world, the market's life, it's like the seasons. We're on a journey here, okay? We can't control the wind. All we can control is the set of the sail. Ultimately, what we can control are these three Ps, okay? And remember your three Ps. Now, some advisors, their three Ps are philosophy, planning, strategy, process. Others, it's our people, our practice, our process. You live by the rules you set. Just walk them through that. This is a three-minute conversation. It's a reboot. It's control-alt-delete on everything that's going on and say, focus on this. And then just tell them, take your pen, put it right in that little space between the two circles. This is where we live now and every day. Regardless of the climate, regardless of the seasons, that's where we live. We make adjustments. We make mid-course corrections. But that's what we're focused on right now. You want to expand on that? Because this came from you in our conversation. Yeah, no, this, what, the, thing that, the thing that I would just emphasize on this is, once again, the game plan going forward lives within the space where the circles overlap. Our developed and refined process lives here. Our, once again, back to the, uh, you know, really the pilot analogy is all of these other things, all these things that matter over here and all these things that we can control over here, if they don't intersect, then it's just noise. This is where our space is. This is where our process is designed to take advantage of what it is we control and what matters most to you. And like on any flight, nothing matters if you don't land safely. I mean, nothing if we don't land safely. And it's all about our long-term outcomes for which the process has been developed and refined and we've never managed to the short-term volatility. While it creates opportunities for us to average down at better pricing, it's not something that we, that we emphasize because it, it's, our process, our clients don't retire on short-term volatility, but they all retire on long-term outcomes. So I'd get them focused in the areas where this intersects and how your process and your planning strategy is all in this space. I, if you remembered one thing from today's call, as far as what I've said, the one thing I would leave with you is this. You are at your highest level of referability in the most volatile of times. That is today. In the last 10 years, your referability has never been higher than it is today. And why is that? For the same reason my landscaper, my builder, a friend, a uh, uh, colleague at church, all these people are asking my, the topic is on the forefront of their mind. They all want to know what to do. And those that decided to do it on their own, that we would say, oh, the robo-advisor, no, hey, they need to hear it. And I would, and I know, Duncan, you're talking to a lot of the advisors too, and it is a best practice. I know you've already called your best clients. You've called your whole practice by now. And you've called those 
former clients. Maybe if you've transitioned that didn't come with you, you tried them again. Maybe prospects, old prospects, you're touching base with all, as many people as you can. This is it. Well, and that's next on my list is the addressable audience. Remember, um, and, and I had a fun conversation with a client where I said to him, I said, you lost your keys, but you didn't lose your phone. Okay. Two most important things you possess, you know, physically, inanimately, keep making the calls. And you're not checking boxes here. Call that client. Call. No, no. It's a process. It's fluid and dynamic. It's all encompassing and it's ongoing. Okay. But you got to think about the addressable market here. You have two people, two groups of people, those who need you and those who deserve you. Those who deserve you are your perfect clients. They're the ones who called you before you could call them, right? How are you doing? You doing okay? They're not worried. They're worried about you, okay? They're perfect. They're AAA, okay? Keep talking to them because of their advocacy. Remember, advocacy. Charlie Munger said it best. Show me the incentive. I'll show you the outcome. What's the incentive for somebody to be an advocate for you? It's because they're an advocate of their friend. They feel they're doing their friend a disservice by not introducing them to you. Okay, start with those who deserve you. Then move to the people who need you. And who needs you? To your point, everyone needs you. Every client, everybody you interact with. Clients that you lost in the past, call them back. Be that voice. Be the beacon. Be the light. Now, Chris, you talked earlier about professional contrast, and we're going to get a little bit more expansive here. We're in a world of technology, high tech. Right now, the human touch, the, the more technology creeps in, the more the human touch matters. AI does not have EI, emotional intelligence. So let's talk about high touch. I would like you to consider the merits of just slowing light down a little bit. Everybody's at home. You've got a captive audience. Send them a card. I mean, that card you're seeing on the screen, that's the spring image from Lavish Cards. I mean, good friends of ours. We're huge advocates for Lavish. They're wonderful people. They do an impeccable job. And I mean, that is art on a card. I love that card because there's an energy in that. And I want you to remember, one of the resources on the Knowledge Bank is gonna be about the seasons of life, okay? We're in winter, okay? We've had, a, we've had a good harvest, nice long harvest. Winter, spring follows winter every time. Read John Kenneth Galbraith's book, A Short History of Financial Euphoria. Things change, but human nature and, it, I mean, there's a lot of interesting similarities here. Just remind them of the seasons and activate some anticipation from lavish cards. Now, I've got some clients in their spring cards for a little lumpy mail to get someone's attention. They'll actually put a little package of seeds in the card. Now, some people say, oh, can I, that's kind of hokey. You live by the rules you set. I'm telling you. The impact on the recipient, not only is the card, do they own the mantle, but when they're sorting their mail over a garbage can, I'm telling you, that card gets open first because of the, 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 the curiosity. So use the season as a metaphor 
own the mantle with a card. Help your clients slow life down. This is something they can hold in their hands. And I'm telling you, they're not going to throw that card away, maybe ever, based on what's going on. Why that's significant too, Duncan, is uh, for those of you that did client events, I mean, I don't know when they're coming back, right? I mean, short term, we don't know. I mean, 10 people, I guess they say, you can't meet greater than 10 people. Uh, so seminars are off. Uh, the, the cooking class is done. The the one-off, uh, you know, wine tasting, look, those are all on pause right now. So we got to get creative to stay in front of the clients in that non-business uh, touch. And I can't think of a better way than, than that personal uh, a personal card. And then if if you've got old pictures from events that you've done with clients, uh, there's, I don't know if you've used that app, uh, TouchNote. Now you can actually create a postcard with an old picture with the client to bring back memories from an event that you had from them and maybe a buck 50, I don't know what it is. And, you, and you've got a beautiful HD postcard uh, that's reminding them. And once again, owning the mantle and, and remembering you from when things were going up. <laughs> okay, so you got high tech, high touch, high reach. With the most deserving, the clients you want to really competitor proof and put the firewall around and position yourself to capture money in motion in the future and really activate advocacy, high touch. High reach, think of one to many and efficiency in your time. Uh, conference calls. You can do conference calls. Now here's the distinction. Frame it in form. I, I'm telling you, you, you need to spend a lot less time talking about money than you think and the markets and the things that are out of our control. Focus on your branding. Focus and ensure that they have as much appreciation and trust for your practice and process as they do for your people. Let them feel like they belong to something. Frame your conversations in form. Tell them how your other clients are feeling and doing and what they're doing. You know, tell them that your clients are looking at this as a gift. They're spending more time with their family. They're playing board games. They're watching movies. Tell them about clients who are getting out and exercising and walking the dog longer and more frequently than they ever have before. Talk about how people are, are looking for some type of meaning and silver lining from all of this around their family. Talk about how business owners who are basically the phone stop ringing, but now they're working on the business and they're reading the e-myth or the millionaire next door or whatever the case may be, traction, right? At different books, they're working on their business because they can't work in their business right now. Talk about recreational and how they're assessing their goals and their lives and their aspirations around the trip to Portugal that was canceled and how they're going to maybe revisit all that. Like just create some social proof. And I know, Chris, when you do your presentation uh, framed in your process of sonar, you're, you're just uh, lights out on that whole approach because when you use social proof and situational awareness around what other people are doing, it activates that belonging, which, as you know, is right at the core of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And, you know, this is one of the things that we've heard, and I know most of you 
the elite advisors have very high net worth clients that are very hard to get a hold of and always busy. And when it came time to set up a strategy meeting, they're like, just do whatever it is you think I trust, you know, whatever Heisman move they can give you to prevent getting together. Uh, those are gone. So they're ready now. And what better time for you to bring them back to center again for holding a strategy and tactical meeting that's agenda driven in nature, that's focused on the process. It'll just topically and timely, uh, now is it. Were you going to, Duncan, uh, share with, I know that you work, maybe you know a company that helps on those that haven't set up their own studios in their homes or whatever. We're, I didn't know if you were talk, planning on that. I was oh. going to mention your point about the strategy and tactical meetings, really embracing Skype, like, like embrace the technology that's available to you. You know, you watch some of these news conferences and they're talking about telehealth and the virtual reality that we're in. Embrace it all, like doing those strategy and tactical meetings through Skype and to your point, Chris, about video. So yes, there's a company in Portland, Oregon, their name, the company name is Idea Decanter. They will turn your den, just like Chris's, into a studio. They will turn key video. They know the industry impeccably. They understand the world of compliance. They'll help you create evergreen and cascading video blogs that you can archive and use as this always on 24 seven competitor proofing tool, but also as a bridge to make it easier for advocates to make introductions where they, a client will say, Hey, you got to watch my advisor's video. It's three minutes long where he talks about what matters and what we can control. It's golden. I'm telling you, embrace this. It's a gift that's been given you. You've been given an opportunity of time and reflection to really emerge as a, as a new person from this. Okay, so we've gone way over, but let, let's start to wind down. This is very important here. This next slide, where do you go from here? So let's just recap on a couple of things. First of all, see us on LinkedIn. Chris Jepson, Duncan McPherson will be very active. There's your information regarding the Knowledge Bank, okay? This is going to be activated maybe even later today, if not already, but definitely tomorrow. This is where we're going to put everything, open source. Chris and I talk daily. We've got coaches. We're talking to clients ourselves. Our coaches are sending us little breakthroughs, little you know, proof of concepts, peer sharing. We're just going to fill it and make it hopefully an indispensable resource for advisors to let this serve them and not hurt them. Also, as you can see, uh, oh, okay, so your, your presentation, Chris, is actually dialogue in down markets. Um, huh. That's going to be loaded on the uh, Knowledge Bank over the course of the next couple of days. I can see there's a little typo there. Sorry. Um, I'm going to be just posting little videos uh, and resources. Jackie Wilkie uh, is going to do a, a presentation on advising the family tree. It's the perfect time. For your, for, and again, you think of form and family, for an advisor to have these conversations about looking into the future around continuity, succession, family investment legacy, and of course, um, uh, advocacy in and up the family tree. And then lastly, Kevin Bishop, who is a rock star on the bench at First Trust, will be talking about being the beacon and making sure clients focus on what you're worth, but also 
you know, emerging. It's your time to shine uh, where you can really look at refining and optimizing your business. So uh, I think um, that, that composite of resources is, is going to be exceptional. You'll see that all load on the Knowledge Bank shortly. Uh, Chris, do you want to add anything to that? I would just conclude by uh, just thanking everybody that, that's dialed in. We are, we're humbled to share with you what it is that we learn from the field. We learn from you, and you're the ones that are on the front line. So uh, we're grateful for you. We're grateful for the relationship, and uh, we'd be humbled to partner with you deeper. And at uh, firsttrustftportfolios.com, we'd, uh, we'd, well, we'd be happy to share with you all of the resources that we have there from our economists to best practices. So uh, make it a great day. And, and thanks, Duncan, for uh, seriously for inviting me on today. Appreciate it. This doesn't even feel like work, right? I mean, I, I love this. I know you do too. And you're right about Brian Westbury and the team, the Monday morning outlooks and the, uh, the work that's coming out of that uh, shop is incredible. I do want to just make a reference to the Pareto Systems app, always on, which is great. And of course, there's some, re okay, there we go. Um, Put Pareto in your pocket. We load that up daily. And of course, um, you can see if you need any information to navigate any of our resources, just shoot us an email or give us a call. And I'll just right back at you, Chris. You're not going to find a bigger advocate for the financial advisor anywhere in the industry than First Trust. And I know that sounds convenient for me to say, but even in terms of what that's revealed in terms of a sense of purpose in this last couple of weeks, I mean, we've seen it firsthand. Uh, the commitment from your firm is uh, just absolutely unrivaled. So it means a lot to me too, okay? Thank you, guys. Thanks very much, everybody. Check in with us anytime. Appreciate you being here, and we'll talk to you soon. Make it a great day.